There's no limit to reach of the sky. What's that face? Why are you putting that face? We could wear our pyjamas and have pillow fights like girls do. Breaking all the podcasting rules. Yes, Dan! That is it, Dan. That is it, Dan. (laughs) I would lock him in the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, it's true. Feed him a bucket of fish heads once a week. I've done that many times. Bag face over here. I felt, all, all these years I felt I was, I was ugly. My whole life. Oh, breakfast flash before me. <laughs> Dreams that I've, I've been arrested for things that I hadn't done. Or like encouraging people, so, doing the laundry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got that, it's very funny. All those sort of things. Let's move on. Sorry. Two flat whites down, I'm ready. I haven't started mine one yet. I'm ready. This is a light-hearted podcast because so many people find church and the Bible quite hard to access. We thought we'd just chat together as mates and talk about some themes from a biblical viewpoint in a way that you might not find in church. And hopefully it will help and encourage people. We go off on loads of tangents and we don't take ourselves too seriously. So apologies if any of this sounds irreverent in any way. This kind of podcast might not be for everyone. Hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome to this podcast. My name's Dan Ursel. I'm here with Ben Harrison. Hi there. And, and Adam Alana. Hi there. I thought <laughs> to start off this yeah. podcast, we might play... A game. Bibble or Dribble. Oh, I love Bibble or Dribble. It's my favourite. So I'm going to give you some alleged Bible verses. They might appear in the Bible. Bibble. Bible. Yeah. Or there might be a bunch of dribble made up. So I'm going to test your Bible knowledge. Yes. And you tell me if this is a Bible verse or if it's a, I'm if rubbish it's a bunch of dribble. Okay. Ben might be good this. So. I'll probably be quite good at this. Yeah. Some Jesus point. said, red sky at night. You know that saying about red sky at night? Yeah. To light. Dribble. Red sky at night, barns on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said. Dribble. Is that in the Bible or is that completely made up? I'm saying dribble. What are you saying, Ben? It's rubbish, isn't it? So you're saying dribble? Dribble. Yes. So we're both dribble, please, so both Dan. dribble. Well, um, unfortunately, guys, it is actually in the Bible. You're such a liar. Matthew 16, verse 2 to 3. Right, Absolute can you read the whole verse, rubbish. please? I want to hear it. Well, you have to look it up. Well, you haven't even prepared the verse, so we can't actually double-check well, it to make sure you're not I've, lying. I've got my laptop going, my iPad going, my phone recording. But what? was it not on there? Why haven't you not I've, got the I've written down the reference so you could look it up. Matthew what? Matthew 16, verse 2 to 3. Right, get on with the next question oh, while I look that up. This does encourage you to actually look at your Bible. Is it in the Bible that God said cleanliness is next to godliness? I'm going to say dribble because the first one was... Sorry, People. but who said that? God or Jesus? Well, is it in the Bible that cleanliness is next to godliness? Those exact words... Are or something to that effect. Oh, that's very vague. <laughs> that's very vague, because there's stuff in the Old Testament about being cleanliness, about cleanliness, about the is Levites. There, is yeah. there? Yes, Levites were priests that had to be right. clean. What was it? Cleanliness is close to godliness. <clears throat> you know that phrase, cleanliness yes. is next to godliness. Now, it depends, like Ben yeah. says, it depends on... If you're cheating or not. Well, because I'm pretty okay. sure if you Googled cleanliness next to godliness, that a verse would come up that would vaguely represent Those that phrase. Exact words aren't in the Bible, but 
there is a lot of stuff about cleanliness. Being so what are you going to go with, Bibble or Dribble? I'm saying Dribble. Or based on those exact words, Dribble. Dribble. You are correct. It's not in the Bible. Yeah, and it does actually say, for the sky is red and in the morning it will be stormy today. For the sky is red and threatening. So Jesus does say that. You're reading from Matthew 16. Yeah, English Standard Version. I don't know why. There you go. Very good. So you're learning and having fun. Yeah. I feel I'm like Monica. I'm not sure I had fun there, but I was learning. <laughs> Monica Geller. Yeah. Or Monica Sellis. Monica Sellis. Okay. Stabbed. Was no, she? Steffi Graf was stabbed. <laughs> Monica Sellis fan <clears throat> stabbed her. Nineteen ninety-five. Why she, would a fan stab her? Stab Steffi Graf. No, a fan Monica, Monica Sellis fan stabbed Steffi Graf. Oh. Because they were both rivaling for the I don't one. think you've got that correct. And I know there was a tennis star that got stabbed, but I don't think it was Steph Graf. No, no, it was Monica Sellers, sorry. I'm getting my... Got stabbed by Steffi Graf's fan. Correct, yeah. That sounds more like it. Steffi Graf's fans are a bit... really hindered Monica Sellers' career. See how easily we get distracted? Yeah. Um, did All you, by you saying Monica. Did you... Yeah. Did you remember the... There was that ice skating thing where... Someone Tonya Harding, yes. Nancy Kerrigan, and 1994. Okay. Well, she took off her shoe and stabbed someone with it. No, she paid someone to break her To break leg. Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Really? And did they And it, it, was, it was her boyfriend or something yeah. like that. And then Nancy Kerrigan became a professional boxer. Okay, final one, bibble or dribble. One time, they stopped the sun moving so they could fight a battle. One time, they prayed and stopped the sun moving through the sky... Held basically held time still. So yes, this is this is Bibble. I would say probably Bibble. Probably. Any yes, idea? This is definitely Bibble. I think where it's from. Yeah, Old Testament. This is somewhere in Leviticus or something. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm thinking around Deuteronomy type. Maybe Numbers, Judges. Gosh, yeah. Your Bible knowledge is just spot Second on. Second to <laughs> Spot on. It is actually Bibble. It's from the Bible, from and it's from Joshua 10, Joshua verse 12. 10, verse so you told 12. You Joshua 10? 10, 12. The time stood still. What battle was he talking about? Uh, you'd have to look at that. Oh, do you know, Joshua, yeah, do you know how they did that? How? God flew around the earth backwards. <laughs> I mean, I've seen <laughs> Superman. Doesn't that happen in Superman 2? <laughs> Superman. Yeah, Superman 2. And that is science. <laughs> Well done, boys. You did really well. Today... No, we didn't. We got one out of two. Why do I feel like the teacher here? <laughs> Trying well, to three. praise my, my wayward student. That's terrible. That's 33% we got. Is that, okay. is that a pass? Uh, depends. Not, not, well, depends is that, where is that you're even a, Is that even a D? You'd probably get a, a sticker for taking part. <laughs> Brilliant. All you've done is told me off this morning, telling me to move, think, play, and I'm the only one who's actually listening and doing what you say. Can you just work with me on Ben is like the defiant child and never gets told off. <laughs> Ouch. No, I did French AS a couple of years ago and... Couple? E. Couple of, two years ago. Did you? Yes! Got a D! You're nearly 50. I know. And a part of an E was 40 something percent. Okay. But it's like higher level maths, isn't it? Yeah. You, no, you it's get French is not like maths, Ben. <laughs> you get 40% and you still pass mm. because it's so hard. But we got 33%. Okay, yeah. So we failed. So That's maybe, third. maybe if third you're doing point. a maybe if you're doing a Bible podcast, you might want to read your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> this just shows you why men find it hard to engage with the Bible because 
we got Lovely. a rubbish of people or dribble. Mm. But doesn't it make you go, hmm, I'm not sure that's in there. And then you have a look and you go, oh, well, it's who a big, knew that? The Bible's a big book. Yeah. You so can't know everything. Yeah, it's true. No. That's why you need to ask obscure questions. Like test test me on Genesis. Refer to stuff. So today's podcast, we were going to look at the theme around encouragement. Um, words, the power of words, how they affect us. And um, I'm sure we've got loads of wonderful <coughs> stories of how we've been encouraged by parents and teachers. I think loads is a strong word. I am, I've, I've, got, I've built my football management and youth it. ministry upon the powers of encouragement. Or lack of encouragement. I think sometimes they, by sort of calling out people for their failures in, yeah. in football and life, that almost is an encouragement. <laughs> Makes them want to prove me wrong. I was brought up in a strong tradition of sarcasm and irony. <laughs> <laughs> by my parents. Adam's coaching style is all about berating people publicly. Berate Obama. <laughs> sure he gives refs a real hard time as well. Only when they're morons. Anyway. I'm not sure anyone respects me, to be fair. He- they just don't want to be berated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs 15, 1 to 2, says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Sometimes you gush folly. I gush a lot of folly. (laughs) 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 Proverbs 15, 4, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Mm. Do you boys remember a little while ago one of our house group talked about this horrible story where her teacher said a comment to her about her opportunities in life. Yeah, that he or she was below average. You are distinctly below average in about everything. We remind her of that quite frequently as well, just to try and encourage her. (laughs) (laughs) Words can have a damaging effect. I'm sure we can all think of times where we've been like, "Uh, that's not encouraged us. So just now... We were in a cafe, and uh, <laughs> what happened in the cafe? <laughs> and uh, one of us has lots of art on display in the cafe. <laughs> I hope this is going to a good place. <laughs> Story. And uh, the owner was quite brutal, saying, "Oh, yeah, we don't like that painting. You can take that away. <laughs> We've wrapped it up for you. It's ready to go." <laughs> yeah. That's- yeah, but I mean, art is very, very subjective, yeah. and I would rather somebody hated a piece of my art than had no opinion about it. Would you? I want someone to just look at a piece of art and say, <clears throat> I hate that, or I love that, but you don't want to pass it by. So, we're not, Why are we talking about art? Let's move on. No, it's about encouragement, because yeah, yeah. interestingly, my wife, no matter how much encouragement she's given by people, she struggles to feel like the stuff she produces is good enough. So she had she sold seven or eight of her originals in the last six months, and and yet still finds it difficult to take encouragement from that and to actually go, oh that's amazing, I, you know I must be good. Whereas you, on the other hand, are, you don't mind you no. you don't mind well, if people say that's rubbish. You have that's that is art, whether it's music, yeah, it's art. Just, writing you have to accept lots of criticism one man's it's a flooded market and as you say yeah one man's gold is another man's gold is another man's yeah. green but I think there's a difference between saying oh, we're not gonna 
sell this one or display this one and say, no, this is rubbish. <laughs> no, that's... Personally, I'm okay with that, but I know what you mean. In an, another that, person would be very sensitive. I thought that. you were quite deflated when you say... No, I was, I was joking. Um, yeah. I know that's his personality as well. He's very direct. But he's, That's good though, because... Other pieces he says he loves, so that's fine. And he's, he sells quite a lot. But we see that on the football pitch as well. We see... Um, art being sold. Art being sold on a football pitch. No, we see... Uh, they call me an artist on the football pitch. <clears throat> they call you a lot of things on the football pitch, Adam. An artist is not one of them. I think they said that you were on the artistic register. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a wand of a left foot. A wand? Stump of a left foot. <laughs> but we, anyway, see, we see that on a football pitch. We see people are confidence players. When their confidence is up, they play really well. It's not nothing to do with skill. It's to do with feeling... Comfortable and accepted. I'm a confidence player. But it's, it's funny because some people can walk off the pitch. I've done this before. I've thought I've had a shocking game and then been voted man of the match. Mm, I don't remember that. <laughs> and I, I don't think I remember you ever having a shocking game. Well, it, it, it's, it's funny, isn't it? How we view... Oh, that was an encouragement, yeah. No, you have a good footballing brain, Dan. Yeah, but I think... It's not a good footballing body. <laughs> He gives with one hand and takes with the other. <laughs> like in Fenway. <laughs> That's your footballing body. <laughs> he's wider than he is tall. Yeah, yeah. he's massive. It'd be very, very hard to mark. Yeah. Just bounce off him. <laughs> this is James 3, 1 to 12. This is verse 4. Take ships, for example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Oh, it ended quite heavy. <laughs> well, I, I just want to ask a question. So, is somebody who drives a ship a pilot? Yes. Oh, so they're a captain. Sailor? Of their, or the sailor. Uh, I would never refer to a, somebody... He would, the pilot sorry, of the ship. James refers to the, the captain of the ship, the person on, steering hang on. I piloted, as a pilot. I piloted my car on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> the, when you have a tugboat in a harbour that tugs a big ship, you, the person in charge of that is a pilot. Let's move on. Sorry. In our football team, we've got other players who will not feel like they've done a good job unless they score. One player in particular. He, yeah. he said that to me before. He said to me, I don't feel like I've achieved anything on the pitch unless I score or get an assist because he feels like that is a... That's he, the it's only a measurable tool. way, yeah. So if he was in goal, he would need a clean sheet. Otherwise, he would have no Important. way to measure his performance because he can't measure his own performance. He's too critical of himself, so he can't mm. measure his own performance. And I've seen him have games where he's done... Nothing in terms of goals or assists, but he's been one of our best players because he's been the guy who's created or tracked back or done... I've seen games when you've done nothing in terms of goals or assists. <laughs> Just leave it there. That's pretty much <laughs> it. leave that hanging in the air. That's pretty much every game. But there is something about needing quantifiable, measurable data on yeah. how well am I doing. Yeah. And they say that about the millennial generation, don't they? They say that... 
we, what do they call us? Snowflakes. Yeah, because we're in constant need mm. of encouragement. And yet, it's the snowflake generation that are leading the campaign for to combat global warming and Ironically, environmental dis- disasters. Because they're all going to melt because they're snowflakes. Well, because they oh. know that it's very, very Pump. urgent and they're leading us older adults. But also, are we not seeing a shift, particularly, I was going to say for men, but in general, to do with opening up about mental health and mm-hmm. anxiety and depression? Yeah, that has, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think, well, like we were saying, with, with things like encouragement and stuff like that, men focus on statistics a lot more, so how many passes did I complete, how many tackles did I make. If you had a, a Bible statistic running for the week that said, how many passages have you read, how many times have you prayed, how many songs have you some how many times have you gone to church like those sort of statistics would would then breed competitiveness because you'd be like oh, i want to beat i want to dance dance prayed more times than me i want to got to beat him yeah <coughs> i but used to keep a notebook after i played a tennis match did you? of every point i'd lost and why i'd lost those points no way really and again so i'd have a every... was this when you were a pro no point? this was uh thank you for saying that did it help you uh i think it well, like you said, it, it made me quantify um, every match rather than just enjoying it. Mm. I feel like over analytical. Over analytical. You don't do the same about all the successful points, all the wonder shots you made, all the things you. So we end up focusing on the negative. It's like having a tablecloth, well, a white tablecloth, and one little spot on it, and of course your eye is drawn to the to the blemish. Not all of that is good. Ben told us exactly that this morning. What the focused on I played a tennis match last night it was terrible it was rubbish blah 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 yeah I wasn't rubbish they won yeah he won he didn't he didn't start the conversation with I played a tennis match last night and I won to be fair it was mixed doubles and my partner was rubbish yeah but you could have said I played a tennis match last night and the positive is we won yeah does it actually matter how you got there if you if your partner was rubbish you didn't enjoy it even though you won does that mean that we are glass half empty people or we're perfectionists. I think Ben is a glass half empty person. Yeah. I'm a. It's not. A, my, I don't. My glass isn't half empty. My glass has been tipped over and smashed on the floor. <laughs> and then urinated on. <laughs> and then you've got little bits of it in your fingers as you try to put it back together. <laughs> Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Proverbs twenty one twenty three Calamity Jane yes starring Doris Day who died to rest her soul right, ninety seven years Chewbacca. old ninety seven ninety seven years old that's older than ninety six yep that's nearly ninety eight years old it's very old so and Matthew fifteen eleven actually says what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them preacher and yeah I wouldn't say being overly critical about your performance on a sporting level means you're like a, a pessimist. I think sometimes, because are you overcritical about your performance at work? Or yes, massively. Are you? I'm very yeah, very critical about everything. Okay, about so you myself. are you are just a pessimist. Then. Yeah. So. so do you have an internal monologue that's very negative? Of do more, work harder. You're not doing enough. They think you're terrible. I do. I have that. Do you? My other monologue is like, ooh, cookies. <laughs> you have a little monkey beating a cymbal, t- <laughs> flipping over in your brain. <laughs> like Homer Simpson. Yeah. What about you, Dan? 
What's your inner monologue? I think historically, particularly for sports people, we're quite competitive. And I found, I mean, even with my career, I loved my job as a teacher. But I always thought, okay, where, where am I going? What's the next thing? So I did more and more and more. And then, and that's fine if you're feeling on top of your game. But as soon as you start feeling run down or weary, or, and then the wheels start to come off. And I think I've had to go on a real journey, psychology-wise, in terms of what I'm saying to myself and also what is coming out of my lips. Because I noticed, and, and they tell us this in teaching, we need to be encouraging people more. Because before you know it, you've got a, let's say you've got a, a naughty or a challenging student that comes in. In the first few minutes of the class, you've told them they're late, their uniform's not right, they're swinging on their chair, and all of a sudden they've had five or ten negative comments. So they've said to us, try and ignore all of the bad things and focus on the good things. Even if you just say, great to see you. Oh, how are you doing? Mm. And that's mm. weird, isn't it? And we find that with children, if, if you treat them like that, you're going to see a better behaviour. Because we, um, we respond much more to positivity than criticism. Yeah. Sometimes. I also feel there is an opposite with children in that if you show them too much kindness and too much encouragement, they'll go the other way and they'll start taking the mick out of you and not taking the mick as in making jokes, but, but taking advantage of your kindness. Yeah. And I've certainly found at youth group that killing the, the kids with kindness actually sometimes isn't helpful. No, that's right. Because then they're more disruptive. Can't you do both? You need to have rules and boundaries. Bring back the cane. Well, no. You no. need to have boundaries, otherwise you don't know what's acceptable and what isn't. Yeah, but and I within think... within that, praise and... It's uh, easy to blur those boundaries, though, isn't it? When, worship. When you're doing too much of the... If you're doing lots of... Because I, I agree in, in like positive encouragement and stuff like that, because it does work. But... Also, there needs to be a level, a level of discipline and this is the behaviour bar and you still need yeah. to meet that, even though... Well, interestingly, take it back to the classroom setting. You're not saying their uniform is good. You're not saying it's okay for them to turn up late and you do address it later. Mm. But there's other ways of dealing with it which are less negative. So you can say to the person sitting next to the person who's terrible uniform, you can say, oh, I love how you got your tie done up all the way to the top. Brilliant. Thanks so you much. You shouldn't be chatting them up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, you know, yeah. you can praise, often we don't praise the 90% that are getting it right. We focus on the 10% that aren't getting it right. And then we forget that that kid might be coming from a home where they've had to get their mum up to bed at night because she's been drinking heavily and dad has been violent at home and they've had to get their siblings to school. Mm -hmm. And they've just got into class Appreciate. and they look a bit disheveled. And then the teacher goes, Oh, you're late. Yeah, you know that's not helpful. No, very true. And you reached the rank of senior janitor, didn't you? <laughs> that was uh, that was good. Assistant senior Assistant janitor. Assistant senior janitor. Assistant senior janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Deputy assistant to the vice senior janitor. I was in charge of brooms. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> had a lot of responsibility. They had two when I left. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a quick look at words, the power of words and keeping a guard over our mouths. We hope you found some good content in there and some encouragement. 
Don't forget to subscribe or leave a comment and maybe pass it on to a friend as well. You can email us at thepodicalsonsuk at gmail.com. See you next time. Thank you.